Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy and international relations grad programs in the United States. Today, I want to talk about how the bandwagon effect distracts policy students from making impact or making accessible impact. So uh, this is a, takes a little bit for me to explain what it is. Uh, but I want to highlight that um, the bandwagon effect has different extensive impact uh, depending on policy school. In some policy schools, it's really impactful. Uh, that was the case in the policy school I went to. In other policy schools, it's there, but it doesn't have that bigger presence. But either way, um, it, there's, it shows up Broadly speaking, in most policy schools, if not all policy schools, I've encountered in the United States. Um, so I think it's just good for anyone interested in policy school or policy student, just um, be generally aware that this can't exist and oftentimes does. So I just want to set the setting um, to help someone understand how the bandwagon effect comes into play. Uh, a lot of times, uh, large groups of policy students come into grad school, and in their mind, they have an idea of what uh, p- policy area they're really interested in. And usually, uh, it's a policy area that's decently popular and well-known as a serious and very legitimate issue in the United States or around the world. And you know, they come to policy school. What happens is that they look to your left and right, and then groups of people collectivize over shared policy interests. And they bandwagon together to reinforce essentially bonds over having shared policy uh, area of interest. The way I've seen this manifest is that these shared policy interests uh, Roughly, it's four policy areas. And so, yes, obviously, there's more than four policy areas out there. But what I've seen is that uh, someone might have, think about two or three policy areas of interest. But just by chance encounters who they meet, at at least in the beginning of policy school, they settle on something that uh, they find a lot more people, friends that share a common interest. And then the policy school, uh, at least a good chunk, 70-80% of the policy school, essentially has students that profess their primary or initial policy area interests to be really among three or four things. So uh, in the policy school that I went to, the three or four things were education, gender equality, environment and climate change, and then international development. I've heard that uh, since since I graduated, uh, gender equality has kind of been replaced by racial equity. So before I go any further, I just want to highlight these four and or should I say these four policy areas that I mentioned and plus racial equity are extremely important. They're very legitimate uh, policy area focuses that are challenges to be tackled around the world and in the United States. Um, I have no issue with these policy areas whatsoever. I, if, 
know, again, I think uh, focus and attention definitely is warranted. But what I think is interesting is a lot of times I find that policy students gravitate towards uh, the one, the three or four popular policy areas. And a lot of it really ties into just the comfort in numbers and having just being associated with a certain policy focus area. And this is what I call the bandwagoning effect, just the simple desire to collectivize over uh, a shared connection or association uh, in, have, in having a, a common policy uh, policy area focus. So, you know, on the surface, someone might be thinking, okay, so what's the problem? You know, people are interested in policy areas that clearly matter, and it's great that they're bonding, forming, uh, forming communities, and focusing on them and, and thinking about how they could uh, tackle them during their policy school education. So, I th- I think what I saw, what I want to highlight what I saw was the, the problem with this is that the desire to be comfortable by being associated with a select policy area, especially if you have lots of friends in that policy area, really overcame. Uh, what were in many times I saw was uh, more important than making impact. So let, let me try help explain what that means in an example. So education was a big policy area that I highlighted that a lot of people bandwagoned towards. Education was a policy area I personally bandwagoned towards when I started policy school. What I saw was uh, for many people that bandwagoned towards education, um, there was just a very strong desire not to deviate from focusing on education in their policy career. So if you come in with education, uh, even if you realize education might not have been your cup of tea, uh, because you have so many friends interested in education, uh, it, there was, it was a ch- challenge for some people to just think about, hey, maybe education is not the best option for me. Uh, maybe I should think about other ways to make impact. But then what I saw more, most often is that that might, that might come to some people, but then the pressure of like, oh, if I leave education, then you know, I, I lose all these friends I have a shared uh, sense of bonding with. So maybe I shouldn't uh, give up on education and just keep on rolling with education policy focus area and push myself to like it more. So yeah, that, so that I saw was just issue, just pushing forward with something, um, just simply out of the interest of bandwagon, um, more so than of a sincere interest. And then another issue with this is that I saw that people maybe were naive, but they were reluctant uh, to think about opportunities to make impact in uh, the select policy area in new angles. So, for example, let's go back to education. Um, there's lots of things tied to education that is beyond education. So, for example, there is uh, 
housing policy in the United States, for example, where someone goes to public school is really tied to uh, what neighborhood they live in. And what neighborhood they live in is tied to housing policy. But what I saw that was super interesting was that a lot of people interested in education had no interest to dig into housing policy uh, via an education uh, perspective. And I mean, there, there's two reasons for that. One that I saw was that there was concern that they were leaving the education space and touching something unfamiliar. Um, education space is, you know, what they were comfortable with, what they bandwagoned towards. Um, and housing was a different beast. It includes the uh, financial analysis, included uh, zoning codes, lost city ordinances. And that was just something new and different. Uh, a lot of the education people were uncomfortable with thinking about. Uh, the second thing about uh, housing that made people, like, that I saw education people was uncomfortable about was uh, just a sense of, hey, if you're going to housing, are can you still be a education person? Just this unease of disassociating from education. Uh, the education, disassociating from education bandwagon. No one want to be perceived as that. So, yeah, I, I think there's missed opportunities to definitely even make impact within your focus area. But then um, I think the other missed opportunity was to think about, hey, outside your policy focus area, maybe there might be a policy focus area that are better uh, to better and or more accessible to make impact. Um, so. When I say better and more accessible, what I mean by better, I mean things like, hey, maybe there's a policy area that's better suited to a person's skills, talents, hopes, and dreams and desires. And when I say more accessible, I'm really talking about, look, at a lot of these policy fo focus areas that a lot of people come in to grad school with, honestly, there's too many grad students interested in vis-a-vis -vis, uh, applicable jobs. There, there's a reason why in education, for example, um, a, lot, a lot of post-grad school education jobs are relatively low pay and yet hyper-competitive. There's way more supply than demand. So economically, it makes sense to maybe think about uh, what are some other policy area jobs that make more sense from an accessibility angle. But um, in, you know, I, an example I always thought about was uh, tied to education was crime. So, you know, obviously, as you can imagine, uh, crime affects the ability for students to get an ed education. But also, crime, independent of itself, is a major societal issue. Uh, anyone who reads the news right now realizes how significantly problematic crime is. And oh, by the way, crime, crime, crime policy or law enforcement policy or uh, judicial policy, uh, there are many ways to label it, is a, an area in which there's lots of jobs for, and arguably you can make um, lots of impact. Uh, and the amount of impact you can make um, starting out can be felt at neighborhood level, uh, depending on the job you take. But this goes back to uh, how you know this opportunity was kind of like this opportunity to just think about other policy areas especially ones that weren't popular. Crime, for example, was not, po was not 
a policy area I actually heard anybody in policy school really mention uh, to be interested in. Um, but, um, you know, but just not not really being uh, willing to think about alternative policy areas outside the bandwagon. Uh, and it was a missed opportunity a missed opportunity to make impact that I saw in a lot of cases. And the last thing that I thought was um, problematic with this bandwagoning is that there was a lot of passive judgment among that I saw among people who focused on policy areas that were more popular um, against people that focused on policy areas that were less popular. And although they were less popular, uh, I would say, argue that um, the impact that pe- those less popular policy focused areas people uh really tight um really dedicated themselves towards uh arguably had more accessible opportunities to make impact so there's two examples that really come to mind i knew someone who started off in education and eventually transitioned uh over to housing policy the moment the person went from education ho- housing po- policy, I'll be honest, there was a lot of, um, shall we, shall we say, pass, some level of passive aggressiveness towards that person. Just to like, how can so-and-so dare leave education and think about a policy area which there's a lot less people interested? Why would someone do that? Um, and I thought it was kind of sad, but I would say this person that focused on housing is making neighborhood impact immediately upon graduation with the role a uh, person took. Um, and I, th- I think it's a credit to the grad school that the person made such a uh, found an impactful opportunity. Uh, another that I'm thinking of is uh, someone who has started off with environment and climate change and kind of pivoted to um, energy and or infrastructure, depending on how you look at it. So the person started off thinking about, hey, I want to be a policy expert about regulation to uh, limit greenhouse gases, uh, credit, uh, greenhouse credits and all that stuff. But the person realized, hey, it makes more sense for me to focus on um, the environment if I learn about the energy business, the energy sector and figure out ways to make the energy business more green, um, build windmills, build solar panels. And the person took a job basically helping um, energy companies uh, well, or energy cooperatives uh, find renewable uh, electric electricity generation or develop new renewable electricity generation uh, implements or a bit efforts, so to speak. And a, a lot of, the, I would say a lot of the people, or some of the people from the environment space were a little bit upset. They're like, oh, we're kind of leaving the environment for essentially energy policy. And it's one of those things that even though energy policy is very tied to the environment and climate change, a lot, I find that a lot of people in the environment and climate change don't really associate uh, energy policy, which is very uncommon to uh, or unpopular to really be tied to environment. And at least back then it was. I think it's changed a little bit now. But again, this goes back to bandwagon effect. 
you you like to keep your band you like to have a bandwagon you like to keep your bandwagon and you, there's some level of judgment uh, about, about people leaving the bandwagon so um, you know I, I think about this a lot when I or I thought about this a lot when I saw the TV, the TV series on Apple TV Ted Lasso and there's a scene uh, where the main character Ted Lasso uh, basically has a very memorable memorable quote, which is, "Be curious, not judgmental." Um, he actually associates it with Walt Whitman, but I'm pretty sure Walt Whitman actually never said that. But I think the quote itself stands to be very meaningful, which is, "Be curious, not judgmental." And what really troubled me about policy school was a lot of times policy students were tended to be judgmental and not curious. Um, and I really attribute this to uh, two things. Just number one, there's general unease to dive into things that the bandwagon, the large group, doesn't really have an interest for. Um, even, if, even if it's really relevant, uh, but if the group doesn't have a popular interest for, um, a student challenge a lot of times generally tends to be concerned if it's um, some, something that is really relevant to think about, focus on, and they pass judgment that's not, instead of going for curiosity and say, hey, I want to learn more about that. And then the other part of the why people, and I saw a lot of times people in policy school weren't that curious, is because, I don't know what it is, but there was this fear that I saw uh, when people had to handle things that or the the thought of potentially handling things that they didn't have deliberate academic preparation for. So, for example, going back to um, uh, a po- going back to education or me in education. Um, when for a hot second, I started. Uh, you know, I went from education and I went to labor. Um, and then when I went to labor, that meant I had to learn all sorts of new skills and new knowledge. And then that meant I had to learn uh, things about career paths, things about uh, what employers wanted, things about how does the government think about labor success or, or positive labor and h- how are labor categories categorized. Um, and again, these are things that are specific to labor um, and we did have one professor kind of focus on this, but beyond that one professor, there wasn't that much focused on labor. And then what I saw is that a lot of Monday education folks, there's a lot of discomfort um, just about touching uh, a category that they at least didn't feel like they had a lot of deliberate academic preparation for. And, and I think that's a little bit of a shame because now, in the real world out there, you're going to have to learn things in which there's not going to be classes for. Um, you're just going to have to learn on the fly, learn on the job, and just learn how to learn, so to speak. And, but it was just a little bit interesting to me that in policy school, a lot of smart people were reluctant to uh, think about things, learn about things that there wasn't a syllabus for. But I think... Ultimately, what I want to close with is that the biggest uh, 
shame or challenge for me is that. Now, how do you get uh, smart, educated people, grad school educated people to focus on the the many issues? And let's just talk about America, the, the many issues in America that need to be tackled if there really is an interest in them. Again, uh, some of the, the, four, the four or five policy areas I mentioned that I saw were popular are extremely important. They absolutely need to be tackled. But there's other policy areas that are important too. Uh, for example, infrastructure. We see that on the news. There are lots of bridges falling apart. Uh, industrial policy. Uh, how, do you, how do you make sure a country is well off? Agriculture policy. Now, food prices are going up these days. How do you make sure food prices are, are right? How do you make sure there's the right food availability out there? Uh, I talked about energy. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of other policy areas that definitely matter that I was shocked to me how no one was really interested in. And this is especially shocking to me because I'm thinking about the job market and that um, some of the highest paid, highest impact roles were are in infrastructure. Um, I think I mentioned this in an episode before. The poor authority of New York, New Jersey are scrambling for talent, people that would actually care about infrastructure. Um, but in policy school, too often people don't don't care about infrastructure. There's there's not that much of a bandwagon to care about infrastructure, at least in policy school. And that's missing an opportunity to tackle other issues that really do change the lives of people. And I hope um, someone who listens to, to this, just uh, interested in policy school or is in policy school. Um, makes an effort to just be curious and not judgmental because Lord knows we just need a lot less judgmental people in policy school of all places. All right. Hope this is helpful. Thank you very much. Looking forward to making more content.